Take it based on your handle. You live in Alaska. Yeah, I do. <laughs> yep. I live in Fair, well, outside of Fairbanks, so darn smack in the middle of Alaska. Is that where you're from? I'm originally from Idaho. So. Okay. Well, do you want to start by playing the bagpipes? What would be what would be best for you? Probably playing is probably the easiest thing, and then I don't have to deal with it. And it kind of started raining outside, so I didn't have to. I'll make it quick. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we're so, recording, so yeah, you can, you can just cut it. out what you don't want to out at the end. All right, just gotta put the phone down for a second. So yeah, I don't know. All right, let's start in that. <laughs> There we go. Where do we start the day? <laughs> Yeah, definitely a first. <laughs> yep, and it'll probably be the last. 
<laughs> Unless it challenges other people to play something. <laughs> All right. The, the phone didn't pick it up real well, but we'll see what we can do with it post-production. All right. Well, if not, then that's what it is. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll give us a, a brief introduction. I guess you've listened to the podcast before. I, I should check. Yeah, on that. I have. Yeah, I have. Okay. I haven't watched every single one of them, but I've watched. Good, good deal. Well, I'll give us a brief intro, and then we'll we'll get into it. You're ready. All right. Welcome to another episode of the SEM podcast. We're joined by Andy Harper. And Jack Bryce and Zach are back here again to host you. Andy, how are you doing? Doing good. Another day. <laughs> Great. And where are you calling from tonight? I'm calling from Fairbanks, Alaska. Excellent. It's going to be light all night up there, actually. Right? Correct. Today's equinox. Yep. yep, it is. So there's not even one ounce of... <laughs> darkness so that's amazing yeah. kind of like the mission so yeah yep especially if you're up in the hebrides yeah yeah all right well we'll start off with how you ended up in scotland and then we'll skip over the mission and talk about what you've been up to since you got back uh, and then we'll go back and reminisce a little bit so start us off with getting the call so i was at BYU Idaho. That's where I was attending college at the time. Um, it was the yeah. It was in September. Well, I got the call in October. So, so I was there. And anyways, my letter got sent to my parents, <clears throat> my parents' home, and I had to hurry and finish some classes that evening. And then I drove all the way from Rexburg, Idaho to Blackwood, Idaho. And so my parents had my letter and my grandparents had just barely had built their house. So they wanted to do it there. So we went to my grandparents' home and you know, all my family was there. And or at least the ones that weren't on the mission. I had a brother that was in serving in Poland at the time. So, but everyone that was there, so I opened the letter and no, my, my goal was either like, I would like a mission call either to Alaska or somewhere foreign. And since my brother does, which is a year older than me was in Poland, it's like, oh, it would be cool to go to, you know, like Russia, Ukraine or some Europe country. And lo and behold, you know, I opened the letter and I read it just like everybody else has said in the previous podcast, you know, caught it Edinburgh instead of Edinburgh. So anyways, so I opened and was like, wow, this is pretty cool because I had a cousin that played second cousin that plays backpipes. And I did it like back in the fifth grade or whatever. I did a country um, project and I happened to do Scotland and my aunt and uncle had visited it. Scotland years and years ago. And so it's just kind of interesting that I got called there. So, and I have half of my lineage comes out of, out of Scotland. So, so it was really cool to 
go back to the land where a lot of my great great grandparents came from. So yeah, awesome. So you didn't play the bagpipes before your mission? No, no, I didn't. I definitely didn't. I learned actually when I came back from Scotland. I collect some bagpipe books during the mission, but it was when I came back. That's when I learned how to play. Cool. So, and that was kind of a hit and a miss, and at least in Idaho, because there's not a lot of bagpipe uh, players or bands at the time that I knew of. So, yeah, amazing. That's awesome. So then you you left February of '08, you said, and then got back February of '10. What you been up to since then, besides learning bagpipes? So learn bagpipes. Well. So I came back from my mission. I went back to, well, I didn't go back to BYI at home. Came back. Um, it was a little bit of a rough, rough go. You know, my parents run a farm down in Idaho, and it was at the verge of, um, they were verge of losing the farm at that time. And anyways, my, one of my former companions, other Justin Whitehead had invited me to Alaska to go work with him resealing asphalt driveways. And anyways, so I made a decision and I went and all my family was not quite thrilled that I went, but I went. And anyways, we'll just say I didn't do very many reselling asphalt driveways that summer because it <laughs> it rained more than uh and it was drying. So I ended up going exploring <laughs> With his, uh, with nine with Justin, I went with his older brother, so that's who I spent more time with because Justin and actually enlisted in the National Guard during that time. So, anyways, so I went there, and then I went back to BYU Idaho. I actually had was dating a girl from Scotland, but it was a long distance, and that didn't work out. And then two years later, and uh 2012 i met my wife online so it was an online where i met her on uh what do you call it? lds planet i guess that's what it was called at the time so anyways we chatted for like a few months and i met her down she's from outside of ogden in plain city utah so met up with her there and things just clicked and i guess the rest was history and and I've always uh, actually I went so got married in July 20, uh, 2012 went back to school in Rexburg graduated in agriculture business management and always, and since we had been to Alaska before um, we did an internship up there and it's like well you either get the bug or you either like Alaska or you hate it and so we end up going back we moved in 2015 and, and then we are kind of moved around here in Fairbanks and we got a few girls. So we have, I have three girls, one is eight and five and a two and a half and then one on the way that will be born in mid-October. So oh, nice. Yeah. Another so, girl? Another girl. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't have to look. So I just, I just assume it's like. Yep, it would be nice to have a boy, but I don't hold my breath. So <laughs> <laughs> nothing wrong with being a girl, Dad. No, 
just have to fire up more people. <laughs> well, they're both friends. Yeah. That's what firearms are for. <laughs> Not in Alaska has plenty of them. <laughs> so. so that's what you do up there now? You're a farmer up there? I, I work for a rancher. I was previously, just a couple months ago, I was working for the university um, as a greenhouse manager, researcher for a couple of years. And then I did some other other jobs from working on the pipeline up in Coltfoot, Alaska, which is 11 hours north of the ocean. That was a fun, fun time. Yep, but no, now I'm ranching, help working for a rancher, and then I run a little small uh, strawberry farm, open field strawberry farm, as well. So and that's cool. a good half an acre, right? Nice. That's oh. great. All right. Well, take us back February two thousand eight, and start at the MTC, and just walk us through, you know, companions, areas, whatever you want to talk about. All righty. So. I'm going to start this a little bit. So it was winter, it was winter when, you know, it was snowing and I've never been on an airplane ever in my life. So that was uh, pretty exciting to go on an airplane from Idaho Falls to Salt Lake. Um, and then in Salt Lake, it was either Salt, yeah, Salt Lake, we met about half of the elders and sisters. And then when we hit Georgia, Atlanta, and then we met up the rest of them. But there was just one occasion that I thought was really funny. There's a sister named Sister Sheffield at the time. And anyways, this one guy I was sitting next to on the airplane, he was like, hey, who's that sister right there? It's like, that's Sister Sheffield. And it's like, you know, it's like, is she your girlfriend? It's like, you know, the name tag thing. And he's like, no. Well, you should. You need to make her your girlfriend. And it's like, all right, not this time around. But anyways, it was just it was funny. <laughs> so, and she probably doesn't even know that even happened. But anyways, so we get to the, I get to the MTC and I'm, it was definitely, it was raining. I don't, I don't know. I said, my, my neighbor, he served a long time ago in Manchester. And he's like, you know what? You better take a picture of the sun because that's probably the only thing, the only time you're going to see it. <laughs> So I, he actually gave me a picture of the sun to help to take with me. So I <laughs> ended up in the room. And anyways, there we had the, um, there were several of the elders um, and sisters. And just kind of think that we're in the group at the time from Elder Levitt, Montice, Sheffield, Sister Knowles, um, Elder Garner, and uh, who else? There's other Tushar, other Kellen, Elo Whetstone, and there were some other ones. And then I had my MTC companions, other Lawson and other Hastings. And those guys both served in um, the Manchester mission. So after that, I kind of lost contact. And it was fun at the MTC. You know, I thought, you know, oh, everyone talks pretty, you know, pretty normal but there was like this one cook this old guy from some i don't know what part of scum but he was one of the chefs and he was like just spouting off everything in scottish he's like oh boy if that's what it sounds like this is a foreign language they don't teach this teach that there at the mpc <laughs> so, but when our mtc teachers 
we ha- I had Sister Kenny and brother brother Spencer, and those guys were were pretty awesome awesome people. I know we always joked around with brother Spencer. It's like, hey, you should take Sister Kenny on a date. And he's like, I'm too afraid. I can't do it. <laughs> I don't know if you ever, I don't know if you ever did it, but he always told us about his mission over in Italy and how, you know, this one lady gave them something to eat and he said it looked like it's stick of butter and it's just like or jello. And he's like, you just she gave it to him and it just waffled. And one time we just kind of ate a little bit and as we were walking, we just threw it up and it hit like a power line or something and it just exploded all over everywhere. <laughs> and he's like, and he's like, oh crap, she's coming back out. And they're trying to pick all these little pieces up. And he's like, oh, it was good, sister so and so. Really good. So that was something that was quite memorable. Um, it was really neat. Well, just like everyone I've heard, like everyone sneaked down to the kitchen at nighttime, either getting a glass of dandelion burdock or, oh, you name, I don't know. There was other. Guess digestive biscuits. I don't know what they had. Remember what they had, but something like that. Everyone and then again, trouble by uh, President Sorensen. And <laughs> it's like you're not possibly down here. But there's one thing I'm still today. I still love that they had there it was the sticky toffee pudding, which is the English thing, English uh, dessert. So, hmm. anyways, so, um, so. Towards the end, we did play soccer or football, and that was a lot of fun. It was not very fun playing with the Germans. The German people were brutal. They just like took slide tackle and boy, and they's like, whoop. It's like, you can't do that. He's like, yeah, what are you going to do about it? <laughs> so, so, anyways, because we had, we had, some, they were doing, yeah, they came to, even though they were serving in the Hamburg mission, they still went to the MTC in Preston, and then they went back. So they had um, the Belials, which was the grandparents of Brother Belial in the Air Ward. And mm. so they were there at the same time we were there. So and I'll talk a little bit more when I get to that part. So anyways, that was, that was a lot of fun. I remembered just like everyone else. I saw people write their names underneath the bunk beds on the boards. And so I was like, oh, dude, so so. <laughs> and I think the one, the weirdest thing was just seeing a washer dryer all in one thing. And then you get this little chocolatey little tablet that you just put in and it's supposed to wash your clothes and dry and have them come out bone dry. You know, there's no dryer sheet or anything to make them soft. So that was something to get used to. Uh-huh. Yes, it was. Yeah. So anyway, so moving past that, I remember just like the day, the night that we were, or the evening, I can't remember. Yeah, because it was the evening that we were supposed to leave the embassy. We just, you know, sang a bunch of hymns with our, our group, and then we loaded up in the bands, got on the train, and I'd never been on the train ever, so that was a new experience. Kind of got motion sickness because, you know, you gone and you think you're going one way and then all of a sudden you look like you're going <laughs> the opposite direction so and then yep got there in the evening it was dark i remember elder coford elder elder Payne, and other string fellow they were who else yeah coford other string fellow other pain i think that's all they were at the 
time that pick us up and then obviously President Frederick. And so, yep, it was just like President Frederick was like, all right, gives a big old hug and then you just off to the mission home. And as some other people were saying, it's kind of like a military. It's like, all right, everyone get upstairs, do this and this and this, go to bed. And then in the morning, I still remember it today. He's like, all right, you get three minutes in the shower, go. And so everyone's you know, doing three minutes and going through the shower like like the military or something. And yeah, it was pretty uncomfortable, I would say, <laughs> during that time. And then you're supposed to, because it's like, all right, everyone, you guys stay up there. And then the, your trainers will come and then they will tell you what you get assigned to. And, and so I remember just sitting up there, just waiting. And then they're all gone room with everybody, all the trainers, the assistants to the president. And anyways, just gone there. And it's like, all right, Elder Harper, you get to serve with Elder Ray, Elder Down Ray. So, nice. and you're going to Dundee. So, Dundee was the first area. And it was rough. Would you say it was a rough, rough go because I was on the train for whatever reason, I took my wallet out and I was talking with Elder Ray about something. And then I get off the train and I didn't have my wallet. So, I lost my wallet oh, the first day. And then it's like, Elder Harper, I'm sorry, my license expired. You're going to have to drive. And so I, so I don't have a wallet. I got to drive. And then I got Brother Sloan that we're about to go. Well, out, let me back up. I'm supposed to drive. The zone leaders come pick us up. because But our car is over in Barada Ferry. So they take us. And some and the sister, well, no, the sisters had their own car. And anyway, they take us to Barada Ferry. Drop me off in Elder A. We pick up the car. And then I'm supposed to, you know, figure it out. And it's this manual. Luckily, I knew how to drive a manual. We would have been in trouble if I didn't know how to drive a manual. So, anyways, so drive the manual. Go to Brother Sloan somewhere in town, in you know, in the city center to pick him up. And, you know, Brother Sloan's like, Elder Ray. Is this your new companion? Yeah. Just gone today. Oh. He's like grabbing the desert. Side door, he's like, oh, crap, I'm not going to die today. So anyways, we're supposed to go to his house that evening. And to they had a, there was a joint teach with the, the Atkinson family. And they were a family that Elder Ray and Elder Blake, Brian Blake, had found before I, I had a, got there. So Elder Blake was the one that was there before me. And so we met with the family. And... You know, it was nerve-wracking to just, you know, automatically teach because the elder is like, you know what? You're going to teach the first the first part, you know. <laughs> you know? And I guess it was on the final salvation. He's like, you feel comfortable with that? It's like, sure, wonderful, okay. And so, and then it's like, like I, I did it, did my testimony. I barely ate anything because I was just more worried about not having all my wallet and everything. And so, and then I get to the flat and it's like, all right, Elder Harper, you're going to have to do all right in the plans for the night, what we're doing tomorrow, report. And he actually was a district leader at the time as well. 
So I had to plan everything for the next day. Pretty much, yeah, pretty much did everything. And then I remember just, you know, getting up and just, yeah, it was, it was crazy. And so to kind of some experiences that, at least in Dundee, that I, I remember well. So I served with Elder Ray. Um, he, he was really good. He was a good trainer. But we also probably did things that were uh, not orthodox, but maybe not quite obedient. No, I remember like, all right, Elder Harper, you know what? My legs need to see some sunshine. We're going to go to Broadway Ferry and we're going to do planning meeting on the beach. So <laughs> that's their very- planning the whole thing and he's just like enjoying himself and it's like oh well i guess at least the beach in variety fair is a good view no that's in our district (laughs) and such um (laughs) and so well i say he was trunky just a little bit but but i couldn't blame you know it was his last area and it was the last companion he, he had so anyways so we served, I served with them, and at the time, a family in the mission had never been baptized at all. So the Atkinson family was the family that kind of got baptized. And Tracy, Tracy had, they had two kids, um, Brody, well, technically three. They had three kids, they had Brody, Jason, and then Chloe. And Chloe was the oldest one, but didn't live at home. She was kind of a troublemaker type of kid, and so and lived in well uh council housing and everything like that anyways so we go there and we were just you know we've been teaching them for a little while and we were waiting on pretty much the father graham so graham and tracy tracy said she had a no dream that someone white was standing at the foot of her bed and it's like just had a checkboard and just like waiting and she's like well that must be means i need to you know get baptized and graham is like was pretty much an atheist. He never grew up with religion at all. And anyways, we were just kind of waiting, just hoping for something to happen. And anyways, we happened to have Brother Murray McPhee that night. And at at first, he wasn't even going to show up. But something, somehow, he, he had a prompting. This is like, you know what? You need to go. You need to go to the Atkinson, the elders tonight. So he canceled whatever plans he had that night. And anyways, he comes with us on that that joint teach. And anyways, Graham had just got back because he was a a Sky TV installer. So he said that day he had been putting up uh, uh, some satellite on top of some flat house. And he's like, he's like hey, if the church is really true, just, just give me a sign. Next thing you know, a big roll of something would roll down and pretty much knocked him off the roof. And it was like, okay, Lord, I'll take that as a sign. So anyways, so he got, so he decided, you know what? At the time, he said, well, the church is true. And so, which was, you know, exciting. It was a, it was a neat experience to, you know, to have a whole family of separate Chloe. Chloe got baptized later, but Brody and Jason, Tracy and Graham all got baptized. And I remember the assistants and President Frederick and his sister Frederick came 
and well, they interviewed with uh, both of them, and and then actually, I think President Frederick actually baptized Graham because Graham was a really tall guy. He was probably six four. He was like six four, three hundred pound guy, and President Frederick had, happened to be you know that tall enough to be able to, to baptize, and so he baptized them. And then Tracy was baptized, I think, by Brother Sloan. And then I baptized the kids. So, so that was nice. That that was really neat. Uh, Even though they're not active and had divorced as of this day, but they are the people I still keep in contact with um, a lot. So it's after all these years. Yeah, I, I will say that's one thing I. I still do is keep in contact because I just remembered that, you know, President Hinckley said every member needed a, a calling, a friend, and the, and the good word of God. Those were the three things. And and he, I remember him saying, like, after you leave your mission, don't ever forget these people. And I really took that to heart. So I bet I tried my hardest to, you know, keep in contact with these people. And so, anyways, so, getting Leslie. Or not Kenny Leslie. Sorry, I'm jumping ahead. But the Atkins found they got baptized. And then I remember as I wasn't exactly obedient. I'll be I'll be clear on that because we actually ate at a pizza hut till about almost eleven o'clock. So <laughs> yeah, that yeah, that didn't pass the uh, mission rule. So <laughs> so but it was good. I promise you it was good. <laughs> but anyway, that was, that was, it was fun. It was good. And then there was Maureen Smith. She was a member. And I will say it was, a, that's the one thing about the mission that was probably the hardest thing to do was one, you had single sisters, but they were grandmas and they always wanted missionaries and granny Mo. I just call her granny Mo. Cause that's how I knew her. Anyways, we always had dinner with her and, you know, we didn't have a third member at the time. So that was something that she said had happened when she got baptized. And so it just kept on tradition that way. And she would come on joint teaches with us, you know, walking bus or the car. And there was one time she literally took me up a one way and I get all these horns honking at me. It's like, what's going on? Why is everybody honking at me? It's like, and then I see this arrow pointing the opposite direction. <laughs> and that's like, oh, Grant, it's like, man, you told me, you took me up a wrong way, a one way, and I'm going the wrong direction. And so anyways, I remember we had to turn around, um, and it, it was crazy. But there was, one, there was one funny experience with Elder Ray that, well, technically two experiences. So the first one, we were just walking on Cleppington Road. And anyways, we're going probably, yeah, it was east, going eastward to a corner to get onto a bus. And this guy's like, elders, elders, how are you doing? Like, oh, how are you? And he's like, guess what? Guess what? See this body? It's resurrected. This is my resurrected body. It's like, oh, crap. <laughs> so anyways, so I told us about the res- resurrected body and how he had, you know, been twinkled and he was on his way to London and he continued goes on and on about something and things like I'm in a rush, but I really got to go. And then say like a bust or some gold thing. He's like, Oh, that gold or gold, silver thing, some little superstitious thing that he, he had. 
and he was getting kind of weird. And then, like, just before he goes, like, and shakes my hands, like, Elder Harper. And then he holds it. And then he puts his thumb on my palm, on the top of my palm. And he starts rubbing it with his thumb. He's like, hmm, you must, you eat a lot of pies, cooking, chocolate. You must have more of the devil in you than your companion does. And then he just walks off. And they're like, what the heck just happened? We were just laughing. Oh, oh boy. Gotta have one of those people. And then, <laughs> and then that was the funny part. And then the next experience was probably not the greatest experience. So, Elder Ray had been talking about his dad. His dad had probably on his first year of his mission had gotten into a motorcycle accident. And, anyways, he had told his dad, hey, hey dad, don't, don't get on any motorcycles. Get well. Because his dad almost didn't make it the first time. And anyway, so he was really concerned about his dad. But he was, at the same time, he was super excited. You know, he was excited to go home. He was excited to go do motorcycles with his dad. And I remember that that morning, um, I get a phone call. And I was with... Uh, I'm trying to think... Of, I was with one of the Brody Ferry or the Cooper elders. Can't remember at the time. Anyways, I get a phone call and President Frederick gets on the phone and he's like, Elder Harper, I have to inform you that uh, Elder Ray's dad died this morning as he was getting on the plane. He, his dad had hit a horse that morning with his motorcycle and he was killed instantly. And I just remember later on, um, after he had Elder Ray had gone home, I had checked on him to see how he was doing. And he said, you know what? When I was on that airplane, I knew there was something different. Something something different. And I knew there was something wrong. And I, knew, I for some other reason I felt my dad was there. And then soon enough as I got home, he saw his you know, his mom and his brother who had just barely gone home from his mission. He had a brother, I think, brother and sister. One, either way, I can't remember the, the order, but yeah, they were there. And I remember that, yeah, it was it was really hard on him to come home. You know, his mission, when I had talked to him about it, I remember he actually burned, like, threw away, like, half of his journals because he said half of his journals, he just was a pop. There were just a lot of activities that were not uh, obedience type of thing. So he threw, he threw away half of his journals away. And anyways, I just remember that after, even after mission, he had, he had struggled a little bit. But since then, he's got a family and he seems to be doing good that way. So, so that, yeah, so that was, that was a, a hard experience. And then as well, during that time, it was, I think it was my third week in Dundee. I get a, an email from my mom telling me my grandma had died. And so that was, that was hard. And then another, as well as with other Ray, I happened to, was pulling out a parallel, parallel parking spot and I, car just comes and I just hit the guy's passenger side door and just made a big old dent all the way down. 
And this is like in the first six weeks. And I just remember, you know, the office elders or a couple, Elder Myers, the Myers, oh boy, Elder Myers. Elder, I want you to fill this paper out. Okay, Elder. And it's like, oh, Elder, I can't even read your writing. You're going to have to do another one. I'll send you lots of copies to practice on. And anyways, I swear, I did like three of them. And finally, Elder Ray's like, Elder Harper, you're your writing sucks, so I'm just gonna do it for you. And we made it super detailed, and and we like we took a highlighter, we put arrows, we put everything on it to describe where we hit and what we did. And then Elder Myers like took a picture, like this is the best best report I ever have received, elders. Thank you so much. And I was like so lit with Elder Myers, and was like, oh, I know he meant well, but that was. That's <laughs> wow. So, that's the first six weeks, man. So, yeah. so that, that, was on, that was on six weeks, and then the first uh, zone conference happened, and it was really good. And that was my first meeting with President Frederick, and it was going great. And for whatever reason, I just broke, and so broke down in tears. And he just President Frederick just sat there, and I I was saying every experience, every time I had a person, uh, the present with. Interview with President Frederick when we did the mission or the what they call it personal interviews with him with the mission president. They were probably always I would say to this day I would say they're probably one of the best spiritual experiences that I've ever had. Not not necessarily that things were said, but just the feeling that was there. It was something that still sticks with me today of those experiences with President Frederick because I came from a family that, you know, hugging and all that, we didn't do that. We were like, good job, great, you know, keep going. And I just, I remember him just telling me, he's like, Elder Harper, I know you've been through a lot, but just like President Hinckley went through a lot, you need to forget yourself and get to work. And so from point on, that's what I did. So I worked, worked hard. And now kind of going through the people, you know, the companions that I served with. So the next one was Elder Allen. So I saw Elder Allen on here. And I don't know, I'm trying to remember if he shared his experience. So Elder Allen, I think, was serving with Elder Kuhn at the time. And anyways, Elder Allen, I, I, was, with the, I was with the zone leaders for whatever reason. I was with the zone leaders. And I get a phone call. It's like the, the elders, like we gotta go. This go. We gotta go get Elder Allen. And I was like, all right. So we go get him. And next thing I see is like Elder Allen's like, uh, Elder Way, Elder McCullers. Uh, I need to go back to the flat and change some clothes. I didn't make it. I was trying to make it. It's like I I couldn't hold it. I had to stop. So he just stopped in and, yep, his whole left. Left or I can't remember what pant leg, but it was completely. Yeah, he had peed himself. Soaked, <laughs> soaked, and oh my gosh, I couldn't. Remember. We laughed so so hard. <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah, that probably might not have been the pinnacle of his mission, but that was that was quite hilarious. <laughs> and anyways, and then it was Elder Allen. We taught this guy named Mister Scrimger, and Mister Scrimger. He probably he kind of shared the story about him, you know, alcoholic. I swear, you literally open that door and your eyes and your nose just literally just burn. 
and you just want to vomit. That was how bad it was. <laughs> and you like, he was a nice old guy. Took him to church. Almost had a long, you know, pretty much almost went into shock because you know he had alcohol that day, and so you can't do that to cold turkey because we really just took all his, you know, his beer, all his lager, and we gave him orange juice as a replacement. <laughs> Now, what, I know, what I know today, like, yeah, that probably was not the smartest thing to have done. You know, <laughs> should have kind of tapered him off. Anyway, so we, we taught him, and then we met Kenny and Leslie, which were actually just one street over. And Kenny and Leslie Thou, and, well, Kenny Thou and Leslie Long, those were the two people. Anyways, Leslie had MS, and then Kenny was just... He was on drugs, let's just say that. And he, he's a nice guy. We got both of them to the point where they could get baptized. And I remember British Ships and he didn't want to baptize them at all. Because he didn't think they were worthy to get baptized. And so we kind of fought for a while with that. Me and Elder Allen with them. And finally, you know, President Fred, I think President Frederick came, interviewed them. And then Bishop Snee, you know, said, you know what? They've been coming to church. Why not? So they got baptized and Leslie had to be baptized on the chair. So I remembered, you know, having, she was on the chair and I was all the baptized on the chair. And that was really neat, neat experience. And, but the sad thing after a while, they didn't stay active after eventually when I went to a different area. And then we... So that was that. And then like another experience with the other round, I swear he probably was one of the most stinkiest elders. Like he farted all the time. <laughs> so <laughs> and anyways, he's like, Elder, we're gonna do munchie buck or Donner Kebab baptism. So every time we get the baptism, we go get a munchie box or a Donner Kebab. And boy, those things were probably the worst things he ever ate. That was not what he needed. But <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, like, yeah it was that was rough so anyway and then i only had them for yeah just one transfer yeah one transfer in june 25th from february and then may 14th elder a was from may 14th so from may 14th to june 25th so pretty much just one transfer i had elder allen and then elder kevin rose came in and elder kevin rose he's a he was really obedient he was too obedient for for Granny Mo. Oh boy, when he's like, "Nope, we're not doing this eating dinner with Sister Smith anymore." Nope, we can't do that. We got to have another person. And Granny Mo, oh my gosh, she called President Frederick. Like, I've been doing this for forever, ever since I've been baptized. Why now? And then she told Bishop Snee, and boy, it just created a whole whirlwind of mess. And so. And anyway, she eventually actually let us come, but she didn't. She hated Elder Rose for a very, very long time. So yeah, he kind of kind of stirred up the pot quite quite bad. And then there was one time, who was it? Somewhere along the line, Craig Snee, Bishop Snee's son, um, his his Dominique's um, sister just had lost a baby. And for whatever reason, Elder Rose said, like, we need someone to go to and teach with us. So he called Craig up 
during this time and just kind of brushed off the, the mourning loss of what their family was going through. And Craig, you know, he came out, he didn't mention much of it, but I remember Bishop Neen is calling us the next day. He's like, I'm so disappointed. He was so mad at us for, you know, asking Craig to come when they had a family lost, uh, that her sister had lost a baby. And so that was, that was, uh, I said, the brightest experience, I guess, with him. Um, and then we were teaching, uh, we taught two people. Well, yeah, three people, technically Claire Farley and Simon Farley. Um, they were young, young kids. Uh, can't remember the ages, but anyways, Claire had a elder itis for elder Rose. So, you know, she was getting ready to get baptized and Simon got baptized. Not when I was there, but after I got moved out. But, um, yeah, so that, that's what happened. And then the cousin, one of her cousins got baptized. So three of them got baptized kind of in the moves after. And so anyways, it's kind of, I'm trying to think if there was any other experiences. I do remember with Ella Rose, it was evening and we were heading back to our flat. And then we got people were just yelling. It's like, I'm going to kill you. And so we were literally getting chased down the road. We were running for our lives to our flat. And we got there just a time. like, oh my gosh. And then Dundee must have been playing football that night because it was really, really loud. So, and then this one little other experience. I remember there was one less active guy. I don't even remember what his name was, but he literally had like devil statues in his house. And we were sitting on his couch and he was like playing with a knife in his hand. And we were just like, brother, so-and-so, how's it going? And he just like, gave us like the death glare. It's like, not going that great elders and he just twiddling that knife i was like oh crap we're gonna die here <laughs> so, like you know you're loved and it's gonna be okay you're gonna make it and he's just like i just don't know elders and eventually we got out of there with our lives so that was one of the crazy things and i guess it's in every town you gotta have crazy people in every single town and the next area is the would probably be the topper from at least for part of the mission that was the craziest for me. So anyway, so I was out, was on the exchanges that day. This is on building up to oh I guess I can't forget Elder Van Leuven. Elder Van Leuven and Elder Ashton. So so the zone leaders at the time when I was in Dundee was Brett McCullers and Sean Waite. And yeah, it was during the hammer time, which I will tell you right now, it's probably one of the most unchristlike things ever happened. I was definitely not a fan of it at all. And I'll tell you more, more in the next transfer in my next in the next area, more about that part. But anyways, I wasn't a fan of that at all. And anyways, so uh, Elder Slade had was in the area, and he had Elder Johnson, and uh, I guess he has. He explained in the other podcast that Elder Johnson wasn't going to be staying in the mission. And so, anyways, that day, um, no, sorry, I'm my brain is just jumping. I got to go back to Elder Van Leuven. So, back to Elder Van Leuven. So, quick story. 
in college, a bus of the DG3 front teeth out. Okay. That was like two weeks before I, I was supposed to go to the mission. Oh my gosh. So, so anyways, I busted the three front teeth out on a pogo stick, six foot in the air, came back down, the pogo stick went underneath, I busted the three front, had amnesia, had to get stitches in my chin, and luckily I didn't break my jaw. And anyways, my my dad had, luckily was a dentist, a dentist, so he fixed him for temporarily. Temporary. So he just kind of just gave me temporary teeth for the two years. So anyways, I had these three fake teeth. Felt like fingernails in my in my gums. Oh and man! I had the three root canals that night. Anyways, it was, it was it was awful. So back to the mission part. I so one day, I had been with other rows. I was eating a peach. I was eating the peach, and one of my fake teeth came out. And it's like, oh crap! What am I gonna do? It's like there's no dentist, and so it was like, uh, there, there's, does anybody? Is there any dentist in our ward? In the ward, and Sister Copley's son was, but he wasn't an active, but he lived out in Forfar, so this is north of Dundee. So Elder Van Leeuwen is like, Elder Harper, I guess I'm going to take you to the dentist, right? So he, I get in there, and Elder Van Leeuwen, he, he he said he's probably watching. He will he probably will watch this podcast. So Elder Van Leeuwen, he is a fast driver, good driver, but fast driver. One, you got to hold the edges you know, on the side of the car type fast driver. And anyway, so we were just going and went to out in Forfar and somewhere near the Glamis Castle. And anyways, we get there. The dentist, he's like, really nice guy, Brother Cobbley. He was really nice. Fixed my tooth, put the cement in, and then we just got in some random conversation. He's like, you know what? Yeah. Brushing your teeth with toothpaste. If you don't leave it in for X amount of minutes, you're just wasting your money. Something like that. And anyways, and so on the way back with other Van Leeuwen, we saw a dead pheasant on the road. And other Van Leeuwen stopped the guard. And he's like, Elder, we should, we should get this bird. We should gut it and eat it. Take it back to flat. So we get out. Really pretty pheasant. But it had Rick and Morris. It was so stiff, so blown up. And it was like, Elder, we probably shouldn't eat it, right? And I'm like, yeah, I really like pheasants, but yeah, we probably shouldn't eat it. So we left it. And anyways, we went back to the back to the my our flat and you know all was good there. So and anyways, so that was that was one crazy story. Kind of funny story with Elder Van Leuven. And anyways, Elder Ashton was was really um I really like Elder Demon Ashton as well. He probably in my opinion he probably was the best zone that I ever had, other than Van and Van Lupin. They were both really, really good zone leaders. Um and the other Ashton was just big old tall tall guy. He just like I just stand there and he just bear hugs you and adults you. He just like you just walled in like in his hug and he's like it's like Elder Harper, you're a good elder. And but anyways <laughs> so now back to Cooper. So I'm trying. Sorry for all the random stories. I just like remembering things as top of my head. So I get a phone call, and it's like Elder Harper, you're getting moved. And this was like a week before transfers. Um, other Gustafson, or as Granny Mo would call, Other Gusta Wind, 
for whatever reason she called him that. Other Gustafson <laughs> was going home early. His parents were coming to pick him up, and he was going a couple days early. So, anyways, Elder Van Leuven actually. The next day, we got on the train, and Elder Johnson, Elder Slade's companion, we got on the train as well. So us three, we went to to the mission home. I hanged out with Elder Van Leuven, did a little couple trainings. And other Gustafson shows up that evening. And Sister Frederick, like, Elder, are you hungry? So Sister Frederick, Sister Frederick just is like amazing. She just that woman has a heart of gold. And anyway, she just is like, Hey, I'll feed you and don't tell don't tell him. Keep this in between. So she just got made a sandwich or whatever. And it was really good. And then other Gustafson comes and other Whitehead comes. And so the next area, uh, Starting in July, luckily I might preach my gospel with all my dates, uh, July 31st. So July 31st, so got to the mission. So so we left that evening, other Whitehead, and we go to Dumfries. So I don't know if any of you both have served in Dumfries or not, but. I started there. So, yeah, my I think Dumfries was my favorite area. Oh, I'll have to come back to another memory. Anyways, so Dumfries. So we got to dump. It was raining all the way down to Dumfries that night. So go there, and then there's this lady, Sister Catherine Corbett, or Kate. She would kill me, but Kate Corbett. Kate Corbett is probably one of the. She was the pinnacle. She was like the Scottish grandmother that everybody would want, sort of. <laughs> anyway, so we go to her house that evening. And she's like, oh, he's a shy wee elder. And he's like, very quiet. Seems like a nice boy, Elder Whitehead. And I was like, yeah. Yeah. I'm good. <laughs> so anyway, she, and she was one probably the first time I ever had a three-course meal. Because she's literally like, here, here's some soup. And it's like, oh, that's wonderful. You know, soup, bread. And then the next thing, she brings out like a whole bottle of slur. Like me and Elder White had both, Justin and White, we got a, both, a bottle of slur each. And then she comes with a big bowl of trifle, fruit trifle. And so I was like, I'm going to get really fat here. And this is where <laughs> it was true. It was true. So, anyways, so Dumfries was, it was a hard, it was one, it was a hard area. Um, we probably spent a lot of time trying to reactivate less actives. Um, and it was huge because we, we covered from Dumfries all the way to Annan to Kukubri uh, and all the way up to Karsferen, which is almost, you're almost like a 30 minutes from error. And so it was just a, like a big giant area. And anyways, so me and the other whitehead, one of the mem funniest memories with him, well, there's a, there's a few. So, and the better stick with Kate. So, for Kate, this lady was hilarious. I mean, absolutely hilarious. She's like, so we were teaching her about prayer, okay? So it's like, it's like, sis, it's like Kate, Heavenly Father answers our prayers, all our sincere prayers. He will answer him in, in his own due time. He's like, Elder, I'll step you right there. See, before you came. Okay, a couple elders back, she said. There was this elder, Elder Black. That Elder Black pig. And it was like, what? She's like, she, one night, I was praying to Heavenly Father. And 
the reason why I was praying because that Sunday, that black pig, he mm -hmm. went and told the bishop, Bishop Graham Murray, and anyways. Sorry, I didn't. Anyways, Graham Murray, and he's, and he's like, Bishop, you sit, you get in your office right now, and you sit your, well, she cussed, sit your <laughs> butt down right now in the office, and like, hey, Kate, just calm down, you know, there's nothing wrong. He's like, see that elder pig, black pig, he's go been going around telling everyone that I've been smoking, that she had actually had been smoking in her house, had been smoking, and you know what? He's a liar. And you, to you, grandmother, you're no better. You make this stop now. And he's like, he's like, hey, just calm down. No, don't you tell me to sit down, Bishop or Grand Mary. This is gonna stop. And it's gonna stop now. And then she says, and the continue on, she's like, she's like, that evening, Elder Harper. See that when that elder black. No, I met his parents when she, he he went home. And they're all oh, just wonderful wee folk, just wonderful people. But that other black pixie, when he flies back to his lovely Ireland, I hope that plane crashes. And if he sells back to his lovely Ireland, I hope that boat sinks. And and oh. elder, that was sincere. It was like, hey, you can't say that. You can't say that. Oh yes, I can. I'm Kate Carter. I can say what I want. And see, you know what? Not any different. See, you think I I can't say what I want? I can. Because yesterday, see that, see that Margaret, which is her neighbor. See that Margaret? She says she's a Catholic. She's not. She doesn't go to church. And I told Margaret, see, Margaret, you're nothing but a liar. And you're going to go to hell for it. <laughs> and it's like, Kate, what are you doing? You can't say that. And it's like, yes, I can. I'm Kate Corbett. And she, she goes on and on. Like, she, she's not afraid to speak her mind. But the th funniest thing is, like, one time, she was telling us about a story how she fell and anyways, before she had joined the church, she was a member of some Catholic thing. Anyways, she fell down, and she wakes up, and next thing you know, she sees Father so-and-so. Oh, you? Hi, Kate. It's like, oh, hi, Father. And anyways, she's telling us how she got up and had a big old bruise. And anyways, we happened to be at the, a street crossing, and see, and it's like, Kate, she's like, elders, I don't have time. We're crossing the street. It's like, Kate. It's red. There's lots of cars. Elders, don't worry about it. I'm Kate Corbett. They'll stop for me. And next thing you know, she's just walking across the road, the street, and the cars are honking. And she makes it over and says, see, boys, see, sons, I did it. Now keep going. And so, obviously, we went and went to crosswalk. But she was just a, a funny lady. No, she would right give back, Right back in Kate's living room with you telling the story. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. And anyway, so anyway, we just no Kate was funny. She like you literally got, got up one testimony meeting. It's like, see you people, see you. You don't help my boys with the work. You guys are nothing but liars. Lazy. You need to get off your backsides and get up and help these boys do the work. And then she just finished her testimony and went and sat down. And it's like <laughs> it <was> like <laughs> But, but everybody knew Kate well enough. It's like, oh, that's just Kate. That's just Kate. So now to another funny story. So with Elder Whitehead, we went to this lady, um, Yvette. Yvette Cryon. Just little lady, blonde lady. She just had, she's from England. 
and she lived in this big, giant mansion. It was three stories tall. This mansion had two large snooker tables, six pool tables, and a large kitchen, and she had a couple of cats. But anyways, it was it was haunted. This place was haunted, and I'll tell you why. So this one, so we were sitting in, in her family room or the bar room. It was white. Everything was white. Couches, carpet, everything white. And then you had the liquor bottles, whatever, for the bar. Anyway, she's like, elders, have you ever seen orbs? And it's like, what the heck? You know, being an idol person, I had never heard such things. See the elders, and it's like, what's an orb, Yvonne? We'll see. She shows me a picture. Little ball light in her backyard. Yeah, it looked like a light. Something with the camera. No, no, no. Just wait. Here's another one. So the light gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And she's giving us several pictures. The next thing you know, the whole thing was covered in light. And then you see an old man's face in them. And I was like, gosh, that's creepy. And it's like, elders, that's not it. Last year, my son took another picture in a different bar, part of the back garden. And same thing. Light, 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 light. Full picture. And then you see a face of a little, of like a little baby girl, like a baby girl. And I was like, yeah, we might want to bless this this place. It's like I'm not disturbed by it, you know. I just I, I go to bed upstairs, and you no, know, she sleeps on the third floor. I don't know why. You know, the lady had double hip surgery, but anyway, she's sleeping on the third floor. And you know what? She's like elders. I just want to, what these these spirits just to be at rest, calm. And you know what? Because sometimes I just hear those keys in the kitchen just clinking, just going side to side, and it's just her. And a cat. He's like, my cat's right there. And she just said, it just here's things going downstairs in the kitchen. Oh my God. Like, yep, yep. He's like, yeah, what's definitely blessed this place. So, anyway, so we did it. It was better. And that was that. Um, and then just kind of jumping ahead to the next companion. So, I, so other whitehead, he went to, I think, Sterling next. And then that guy had a new elder, Elder Reem. So the rain was coming from Paisley or Kil yeah, no, not Paisley, uh, Irving. He was coming from Irving and he hadn't been out, out on the mission very long. And anyways, first night, get to the flat. It's evening, close the door. I forgot to lock the door for whatever reason. I didn't lock that door that night. Skeleton key, you know, supposed to lock the door because it was like a little hobbit hole in that place. But anyway, so we go to bed that night. And then I wake up the next morning, just go, mind, you know, go through the hall, turn on the kitchen light, turn on the family room light. And we had a drunk guy sleeping on our couch. <laughs> and I was like, oh crap. I turned the light back off. And I'm like, it's like Elder Reem. Guess what? You're never going to believe it. Well, what? 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 And it's like, we got a drunk guy sleeping on the couch. <gasps> what are we gonna do? <laughs> no, we gotta call the police or you know, call the members or something. It's like, no, no, we're definitely not calling the members. We're just gonna wake him up, just get him out of here. He's like, what are we gonna do? And anyway, so I go in there and he's in the kitchen with a frying pan. He's ready to just, you know, smack somebody because he's thinking we're gonna get stabbed or something. Cause he had a bad experience in Irving where I guess someone shot a pellet or airsoft rifle and it was like literally six inches a bolt hole six inches from his face 
And so he had a bad experience. And this was not a thing to top it off. So anyways, going there and I just wake up the guys like, hey, 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 wake up, wake up. And it took me like, I swear it took me like two minutes, three or three minutes to get this guy to wake up. And anyways, this guy like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And he starts dropping the F-bomb and everything. And it's like just whatever. And he actually just left. He just went out onto the street. And he's like, oh, that was, that was close. And anyways, so <laughs> that was crazy. And Dumfries has a lot, they have some interesting people. We'll just say that. And we'll just kind of jump back to Elder Whitehead because there's one experience that was another pinnacle moment. So Elder Whitehead, we were at Yvonne's house. We double booked ourselves for dinner. Okay. So we were full. We went, I can't remember what their names were, but we're at a member's house. Double booked. Yvonne says, Oh, guys, got to come over for dinner. So we go to her house. She literally had this bread bowl full of mixed spaghetti noodles, and she was expecting us to eat all of it. And anyway, so we like, and then she had a bunch of, you know, like the Asda garlic bread sticks and things. And so she had a bunch of those, like, elders, I expect you to eat all of it. And I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> so we start eating, and the other way, and Justin's like, I'm not gonna, I can't eat it. You're going to have to eat it. So anyways, I ended up eating all of it, which I don't know how I ate all of it. <laughs> and then, like, elder, on our way home, back to the flat, I don't feel good. Pull over, pull over. Yep, he didn't keep it. So he got checked. And... When you get Elder Whitehead, Justin Whitehead on, if he should come on. Anyways, he doesn't like bananas. He's got a texture problem with bananas. Anyways, so, yeah. He pukes every time he eats bananas. But he'll probably tell you more of his stories about that, especially with Elder Black. So, um, anyways, so, and he doesn't like Chinese food. He couldn't even keep, every time we had Chinese food, he always upchucked Chinese food. So, anyways, to the crazy people in Dumfries, there was this guy named Flashing Thompson. Everybody was, you know, the saying of everyone's Jack Thompson barons, barons. And anyways, there's a reason why. This guy literally, people knew him as Papa Chow or Papa Chow or Joe or whatever. Anyways, this guy literally going to the in the pubs, flash everybody, and then he just, you know, go walk out. And we happened to meet him that evening with Elder Rain. And anyway, she was wearing this spark. No, I guess it was a dollar white head. He was wearing this sparkly pink cowboy hat, you know, those paper ones. And anyways, we were like, oh, crap, this is a guy. And he, he was a nice guy. But as soon as we like 20 feet, you know how it is. They like start cussing and swearing and calling you Bible bashers or whatever. And anyways, it was, it was crazy. He just kept on going. And yeah, that was, that was it with him. And then the other experience that just came to my mind, this one is a pretty big one. So the hand, Simon hand, came out and joined Teach. We went and knocked on this guy's door. This door is probably nine. I think that those doors, some of these doors about nine, eight. No, they have to be about nine foot tall. They were really big, those big doors in some of those flats. Anyways, we knocked on it. And this guy literally opens the door and he ducks. This guy was almost seven foot tall. And he was 350 pounds, like, come in, come in. And like, 
okay. They're coming in and he's like, don't worry about my girlfriend, which was some old guy's, you know, junk out of his mind. And then he closes down and he would sit down. He's like, <clears throat> stands up and he gets kind of mean. He's like, which one of you stole my Andy Stewart CDs? And Justin and I were like, who in the heck is Andy Stewart? Uh, and we look at you, not us. You did too. You stole it from me. And this guy was getting really angry. And then he just gets up in Justin's face. And he's like, are you afraid? <laughs> and Justin just looks at me. He's like, with his dreadful face, like, no. Good. <laughs> And anyway, so he sits back, sits back down, and anyways, and then he goes over to Simon Han and grabs both of his suit lapels. He's like, "You look sharp, look good. Keep dressing that way." And then we ask him, "So when can we come back?" Well, I'm drunk Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. You can come Thursday. And so we're like, "Okay, we'll come back Thursday." So we went back Thursday, and obviously he didn't answer the door again so so anyways so there's that <laughs> so yeah so the Dumfries was crazy there was we went all the way out to cars because there was some there was two members that lived out there one guy that was less active named american john some guy with long hair beard really nice guy and we actually got him to come back to church for a good while and sister so may so i don't know she was this uh, lady from Singapore, and she had a son in Glasgow named James Chalmers. Um, but anyways, I remember this one time she just fed us this black spaghetti with blackberries and stuff. It was it was interesting. I thought it was like you know squid or something, but it was just black, you know, dyed noodles, and it was really good. And there was one time got there was an accident out there, and we had to. Uh, Call nine one one because the guy literally just wheels were sticking up in there, you know, driving. He's like, "I'm okay, I'm okay." He's like, "Okay, that's good." So, anyways, but so there, that was that. I, there's probably a lot more stories, and I know I don't have a, a ton of time because you know you can tell stories for hours. But I guess one of the big pivotal moments that I probably got from Dumfries from Bishop Mer. Oh, I guess I gotta tell one more story. Bishop uh, Murray was that. You now he shared a story when he was a his wife and was from Paisley and how, you know, he's like, it's like you guys need to make sure you always do your home teaching because you don't ever know what's going to happen. And ha short story short, there was a family that hadn't been taught. They were supposed to go check on them. They hadn't seen them in three or four weeks. They go to there and the neighbor knocks out. Some weird smell coming from the door, and they find out that the, the, the Murray family, this mother and three kids, had died, and they had been dead for you know about six weeks. And if the members would have gone and did their home teaching when they had the promptings to to do it, they would never have died. And so that was one kind of thing that has always been a pivotal lesson for me in my life was that one that Bishop Murray shared. So, um. So I'm trying, and then Hammer Time. So the story about Hammer Time, this is not. I'm, I told everybody like, I'm sorry, but 
I don't care. I might throw you under the bus. If I do, I'm sorry. Lessons are supposed to be meant for to be learned. So let's get to it. So we were supposed to have a district meeting. So we go into Livingston. So we drive to Livingston, and this is with Elder Whitehead. Back to him. So we was with, I was with Elder Whitehead. I go to a district meeting, and the assistants happened to be there. Elder Mulford and Elder Johnson. Jeremiah Johnson. And anyways, so we get there. Elder Monteith was our district leader at the time. And it's like, all right, Elder Harper and Elder Whitehead, the assistants want to see you. It's like, oh, okay. You know, go in the room and it's like, Elders, I don't know what in the world you guys are doing down there, but you guys, your numbers suck. I mean, they literally suck. <laughs> No, you haven't had any baptisms, you haven't had any of this. And you know what? You don't respect us. You don't respect President Frederick. And I can't remember what the rest of it, but it went on and on. And Elder Whitehead just like stopped them. It's like, stop. And he just like, he ripped him a new one. He like, he, he wasn't even put up with it. Anyways, so we end up that meeting as it went bad. Very poorly, I would say. And I didn't remember it was Elder Whitehead at the time. We didn't do anything for two days. He was literally so depressed. We did nothing for two days because he just felt like a failure. And that's why I come to the thing like Hammer Time was probably, I don't know, there's some people that like it, but to me, it was probably, the as I said, the most unchristlike thing that could be done out there. There was no need for it at all. You know, it's like, we're supposed to follow the brethren. And it's like, the brethren don't do this. So anyways, so that put a bitter, bitter, uh, taste in my mouth for the rest of the mission when it came to leaders zone leaders you name it and i was like oh because every time they called i just gave the phone to the, my companion so anyway so there's that sorry elder johnson elder mulford but i'm gonna say i said the mission was not all pinks and roses it was hard definitely hard so i do remember reporting five six times a day especially in dundee we did a lot of reporting and it's like, oh, I couldn't do it. That was just like way too much. So, all right. So it was December and I'm going into Airdrie. I got you moved. Kate Corbett had a, had bought me a birthday cake. I was ready to have, you know, celebrate my birthday. And then she finds out and she was so mad at President Frederick. She's like, President Frederick, he's a nice man, but nope, nope. You're not a good man. Nope. So she was so, she was mad. So I get moved to Airdrie. And Elder Chatwin is who replaces me. And I go replace him because, because he was just really good with the ladies over there, I guess. I don't know. They had Elder eyes for him and something happened over there. So I went, replaced Elder Chatwin before Christmas time. So I was in Airdrie and I was serving with Elder Scott. So Airdrie, Airdrie was a hard, it was a hard word. Um, we didn't baptize anybody. No, no, we didn't baptize anybody in Airdrie. So I spent most of my time fixing, repairing um, relationships with the members. And probably one of the hardest things I ever had to do there, Bishop Forsyth at the time, it's like, elders, I need you. I don't remember if it was Elder Scott or it was Elder Loins. I think it was Elder Elder Scott. Anyways, we had to, to deliver 
two excommunication papers, two letters of excommunication. Other Bishop Forsyth had us go ahead and deliver them to these people. And I just like, it was just probably one of the worst things I had to do. But anyways, in the energy ward, we spent a lot of time, a lot of time repairing relationships. And then we ran into uh, Brother Johnston, Brian Johnston. He had to give us a member referral. And this is the uh, Sinclair family, Catherine and Katie, and then her twin brothers, Ross and Callum Sinclair. And anyways, we started teaching them for a good while. Catherine was going through a rough divorce. She was smoking. And I remember at the current time, Elder Bear and Elder Rose were the only years at the time. And anyways, like, elders, you need to go ask for the cigarettes from Catherine. And we're like, uh, okay. So we went there and she's like, I can't do it. Nope. Can't do it. And we told him like other like, sorry, other bear and other like I can't do it. They're not she won't do it. Like, well you need to. You need to go back there and you need to invite her, tell her you should, in order for her to get baptized, you guys need to do it. And it's like I don't feel good about doing that. So we didn't do it. And then the next thing we find out, the zone leaders went themselves, invited her to be baptized. And boy, we were livid at that time. Because after that, Catherine was like, nope, don't you ever come back. Nope, I don't want anything to do with you. Anything. And then the word got out. Well, we told the pres President Frederick. And President Frederick's like, you know what? I don't cover elders. Zone leaders, you don't have the stewardship over these elders' areas. And so, anyways, so that got sorted out, and that was just, that was interesting that way. Um, so, yeah, yeah, we never baptized anybody there. Um, elder Scott, I served with Elder Scott, and Elder Scott was, he was really quiet, quiet elder, and then Elder Loins. And Elder Loins is a short, guy from well his family is or welsh i'm trying to remember where he's from but he, he was really good at football short and there's one funny story <laughs> so he's like elders like elder elder harper i need to go to the to the hospital or the the clinic and it's like why because i got an infection okay so he goes to the clinic comes back out like elder i gotta call sister frederick call sister frederick Sister Frederick, um, well, <laughs> I gotta get circumcised. <laughs> and she's like, uh, Elder, well, yeah, you go do that then. Let oh me know. My. <laughs> oh my <laughs> God. He's like, I didn't know how to tell her. Like one of the weirdest things ever. So, like, yeah, that was, that was probably one of the weirdest, weirdest things. To happen was that so found out a lot of the infection. So, anyways, so wait, 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 um, wait, wait, wait. You can't skip over that. What happened after that? Did he have to go have surgery or something? That's insane. He did. Yep. Yep. He became <laughs> circumcised while we were in surgery. So. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> so yeah, we didn't, do, we didn't do very much for a little while. So yeah. Yep. Became circumcised. It was a fair reason. Uh, yeah, that was that was an air dream. So. Oh my gosh! 
<laughs> wow. What an experience there. Goodness. Yeah. So, anyways, so that that's what happened there. And O-Lunge was, he was you know, really good in football. And the only other memory was with Brother, Brother Blyle or Brother Falk. Anyway, there was one time we were going to join teach with him, and somebody egged his car, his Mercedes van. And boy, he was so livid. He just chased his kid down, his Ned. And he got out of the car and he starts running, and we're like sitting there. It's like, oh crap. And he's like, down, come back. I'm going to take you to your parents, and you are going to, you know, goes off. And it's like, yeah, that's Brother Blyle. And he's, he's from Germany. So. <laughs> Anyways, that was that memory of him. So, um, so that was kind of Airdrie. Trying to think anything else happened in Airdrie. Other than there was this one time we literally, literally went into a, uh, a something best year's house. And they literally had about a foot of trash. All across the floor, all over the couches, it was horrible. And they had two kids that were living in it, so we we're sitting on bags, crisp bags or potato chip bags, trying to teach them a lesson. And yeah, that didn't go as smooth as it as it should. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so that was that was a little bit crazy there. But no, the, their work was good. The Prairies, the the Johnsons, Eastmans. Um, four sides. They were all good members, and so we and the Smiths, and we had tried to repair everything by that time. Now coming back, uh, oh, trying to go. So I went. My area got closed down in Airdrie, so Airdrie closed. So I got moved to Spring Boyd, and that was the next area, and. Anyway, so Spring Boy, I was serving with other coon, other young coon. And Spring Boy, as in, we met in a community center, you know, I had you know, the AA meetings in the same building, just like some of the others that I had said in previous podcasts. And Airdrie, Airdrie Ward was hard. No, Bishop, Bishop Pateranga was amazing, amazing bishop and food and all and the and all the other members there, you know, uh, what's her name, Selena Chamangua, and uh, oh, I hate getting people's names. Uh, Mears, but yeah, it was it's a really good ward. And I guess Spring Blake was known for a lot of different things. I guess with Elder Black and Elder, oh, what was it? The other trying to think, not Smith. Anyways, there was a bridge that goes into a, a bridge that goes across the motorway over into a place called Royston. And that place it's just nothing but Neds, you know, everywhere. And anyways, we, we always have heard the story about you know how other black and the other elder got into some fight, whatever, and the other black was so proud of having blood all over his white shirt and you know, talking about all that. So it was it was crazy. And Spring Boy was, it was not at the easiest. Um, 
I had a couple of companions I served with, uh, other coon and other Cummins, Adam Cummins. I, I served with other coons six weeks, other Cummins six weeks, or less than six weeks. I think it was like three weeks. And then other Shiflet was the other elder I had for about two, for about five months. It was a long time. And then one of the probably the one of the funniest memories there in Spring Boyd was um, I was just walking up a street and this lady was absolutely drunk, but she was pregnant, and we were trying to talk to her about the gospel, and then she's like, "Elder, my boyfriend did this to me," and blah blah blah, and then she's like, and she goes in for a kiss, and it's like, "Oh no, 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 I'm not doing, we're not doing that," and so yeah, that got a little awkward really quick. <laughs> So, <laughs> yeah, and then there was other less active member. Uh, I'm trying to think of his name. Anyways, this older guy. And anyways, it took forever. But like, it ended up happening. His life had kind of split for a little while, and then he was apologized, whatever, and then they came back. And anyways, he would always have us come and sing hymns at the end of our lessons and so and then one time he's like all right elders i want a picture with all of you with you and your companion and his wife so we got a picture and then he gave us all these copies and so i remember pulling that out and yeah it was it was interesting that way so and other than that spring boy yeah it was a, it was a rough area it, no, we had our door kicked in twice. Twice. First time, the whole door was literally took off the hinges. It was a nice flat, like brick, flat, nice home. You wouldn't think anyone would do it. No, they go there. They just did nothing. All they did is left the bathroom lights on. And then and that happened twice. Same thing. So, yeah, that was that was crazy. Um, and I. The only, and then there's one memory with Elder Shiflet. Brother Goldberg, if you know him, that man has, I don't know, he said he has three different terminal cancer diseases, and but he can sure run with, you know, he has braces on his legs, and he's like, Elders, you know what? I cooked the best curry ever. And he's like, and Elder Shift like, well, you don't cook the hottest one. I'm sure I can handle any hot thing you can get throw at me. So, anyways, he throws, he makes this curry. I swear. Oh, I. It was vindaloo curry, Indian curry, and others were like, "Oh, it's hot, hot." <laughs> and I'm like, "Yeah, it's hot." Like literally curry powder. That's the. That's what I felt like I was eating. Just straight curry powder. But yeah, it was hot. <laughs> and then, anyways, he had a bad habit of promising to elders. Like even though he made, you know, the scriptures. Um, and have yeah, he told the scriptures, so I have that one. That's my, my family turn, the McFarland. Anyways, he sold the scriptures, but the thing is, he's always promising, like, Oh, I'll get you this for you elders, I'll get you bagpipes or something. And so, people would pay him, paid him about 200 300 bucks for a set of bagpipes. And bagpipes usually cost about anywhere from 800 to four or five thousand dollars. And he promised, you know, we would have him by, 
then the bar missions was whatever. Yeah, that never happened. Never happened. So he kind of got a lot of money from a lot of missionaries. <laughs> so yeah, and Sister M, I don't know if you know Mary McCulloch. She was on to him and give yeah. But Sister McCulloch was one of those um another Scottish granny or grandmother. She loved the elders. Like I say, she traveled to Utah, go see him, called their parents, you name it. Hmm. And unfortunately, a couple of years after, no, it was about a year when I got home, she came to Utah, but then she had some type of aneurysm or something in where eventually she had to be life flight. Eventually she was taken home and she later passed on back home in in Springboig. So, but no sister Emmon, she always had the elders over own leaders all and you know have big old non-alcohol muscat something like that with those little corks and shake it up and shooting corks inside for uh her room her family room and that lady i swear she had books all over the place so it was you no know, it was good and all the elders always would make dinner i remember or tea and yeah so that was that's really all that really I remember in in Springboig. And then I got E moved out of Springboig. Okay. So I go to Paisley. Or Irving. No, yeah, not Paisley, Irving. I was going to Irving or Kilwinning. That was the next area. I got put in the threesome with Elder Patel and Elder Hamblin. And so from Elder Patel's stories, uh, that was a very interesting threesome companionship. No, we had a lot of fun, but as he shared the story about other Hamlin and being literally, other Patel fell asleep in his at well, saying prayers. He often did that. There was this one night, other Hamlin was just sitting there, just staring at him. I remember that he just staring at him, and other Patel, and then he's like, "You know what? I got to go in the different room." So he goes in the different room, and another Patel wakes up and the room. It's like, "What's other Hamlin?" He's like, "He's in the other room." You know, and they have conversations like, yeah, other Hamlin, other Hamlin was like, I literally was just wondering how I was going to just smother you with the telephone and, you know, kill you. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that didn't go well. And anyway, they had long conversations at night time. <laughs> and there was one time with other Patel, we were going to the, some flat and some guy comes up and he's like, I know you from a different place. And he calls him on the phone like 20 minutes later. It's like, Come over to our place, but be ready. And anyways, this person was much threatening him. And I remember he, we didn't do anything. He didn't. He didn't get e moved out at the time. No, he didn't get moved out. He just went. I can't remember. If we went somewhere else. But anyways, that was kind of crazy, crazy time in kill winning. It was very short for me. I think I only stayed there about three weeks in kill winning. Um, the members were really good. I remember, oh, I can't remember. I think her name was, oh, I don't want to screw it up. Anyways, so anyway, went to a different, uh, went to another, uh, next area. Because there wasn't that much that happened while I was there. And I got being back, and I got moved to, uh, Paisley. And Paisley was one of the last areas I served. No, I think, oh, sorry, I'm skipping areas. 
all right. No, so I went from Airdrie to Kilwinning. So I, I totally skipped there. So I went Airdrie, Kilwinning, then Spring Break, and then to Paisley. Okay. So that's, sorry, I messed up my areas where I was serving. And so Paisley was one of the last areas. And one of the hardest things was in Spring Break was we, we literally had 11 people, and then we had none. People. And we were just getting hounded by the zone leaders. Like, you need to improve your numbers. You need to improve numbers. But like, we can't. We can't. No, we can't. We're not teaching anybody. Remember, no one is in their houses all the time because we try to spend as much time with the members as possible. And, anyways, I told Cousin Griffiths at the time that you came in about a year into, no, not even a year, a few months. And as I told Cousin Griffiths, he's like, there's nothing happening here. He's like, but aiming for something that you can't achieve. You need to just put what you can achieve. And so they were really low. You know, like, I don't know, I think it was like one, like three joint teachers, one new investigator. It was like bad. And we felt bad. But that's the only thing that was happening. And anyways, it's like present because I haven't had I'm baptized for a very long time. And I just remember him sending me uh, a letter promising. He's like, like, Elder, if you do everything that you're supposed to, I promise you that you will baptize in your last area. So the, the heavens will be open, the doors will be open, you will baptize. And so I get moved to Paisley. Spring Boy closes. Another, another, uh, Area that closed. I felt like I just closed two areas. Anyways, they closed Spring Boy. I go to Paisley and I serve with Kate Lubeck. And so, Elder Lubeck, from the previous time I had met him earlier, when like a year before that, I didn't think much of him. I thought he was a little snob, prideful person. And, anyways, I didn't think he was that great. And then when I started serving with him, he had turned around. A 360. And then I had a lot of fun with with Kay Lubeck. We were teaching two people at the time, Harry Callen and Chris Struthers, and then his mom. And anyways, Paisley, for whatever reason, during the wintertime, it is absolutely, you know, it's just foggy all the time. And it was like it was pretty depressing. And anyways, so we with Harry, I remember uh during Christmas time, the members in Paisley, we literally had like a giant stocking. I swear it was like a three foot stocking. It was huge. And all the members did they just put a lot of anti person sprays in there. Sprays, digestive biscuits, candy or sweeties, lots of that. And we had so much axe. Oh my goodness, that stuff stung. Or links. Links is what we call it. That stuff stung so bad. Anyways, we went to Harry's flat. And Harry, no, he hasn't been baptized yet. Anyways, we just took all those aerosol links things and we sprayed the whole inner of the toilet. And we just threw a matching. You know, did, did, did like aerosol bombs in the toilet. So that was pretty fun doing that. And then. We did the man up challenge. So the man up challenge is like you had to drink two liters of water or something in thirty seconds. And we happened to go over that evening. He just barely him and his friend that or his roommate had just finished dinner and it's like 
guys trying to do the man up challenge. It's like, really? And anyway, so things do leave the water. Lubeck goes first. Took him like 40 seconds. And then, you know, puked it out. And then Harry goes next. Doesn't in 31 seconds. Pukes his whole dinner out like, like a fire hose. And it's like, oh, much better. And then it's like, for me, it's like, oh, crap, I hate puking. But anyways, I did it. I did it in like 30 seconds. And then, obviously, you know, puked it out. But, yeah, that, there were some, that was some of the fun things. And then, icing on the cake. So, before I finished my mission, um, Harry and Chris were going to get baptized. They were going to get baptized just a week before I left. And anyways, it was, no, a couple of weeks. Where I was going to leave. Anyways, it was New Year's Day or something like that, New Year's Eve, something like that. And El- other Lubeck asked President Griffiths if we could go to the movie theater to watch uh, Avatar. And President, Pre- President Griffiths was like, Well, you're going to get baptized? Yep. I was like, I don't see no problem. So, yeah, that was weird. We went and, saw, <laughs> we went and sat, sat in the movie theater and watched Avatar. So, yeah, that felt a little uh, apostasy <laughs> or whatever, not missionary life. <laughs> so, yeah, that was crazy. And I remember, and then I guess we listened to Bon Jovi as well on Christmas Day. So that, yeah, we had a, we had a good time. Nice. <laughs> that's where I got, I got a lot of my stuff during that time, like this. This top is still, this is one from the mission, so I still have this top from back in 2010. And then I picked up this Glasgow Bible. I don't know if you guys ever have seen this before. It's absolutely hilarious. Like, everyone needs one of these. Because it's like, all right, so the law of like creation is like in the beginning, in the beginning. It was a long time ago, right? You know, thousands and thousands of years since there was nothing water, the earth, and it's new, and it's absolutely nothing at all. We knew. God says to himself, one a day, I'll fix a wee bit of dotted land, boom, there. So they, do, so they start, we, first, so they start, we got ordered up some light to break out over the, all the darkness, and he then made the skies and the dry land, and gathered the waters and in the seas, and he gave them all things. So it's like hilarious. <laughs> so you gotta get one of those. And I would share that with you. So so just to finish off, you know, on my way home, or on the way my last day, Bishop Kier of the Paisley Ward, he actually rode the train all the way with me all the way to, uh, to the mission home. Um, I actually met up with the the Atkinson family. They came back. They came from Dundee. They met me there, and they told me their crazy story. So, in Dundee, they had a house fire. They were sleeping, and they said they were woken up. There was smoke everywhere, and they pretty much lost everything. But they had this picture of Christ on their wall in their hallway that really had a singe, but everything else got burned. For that picture of Christ. So, and they were telling me about that. That was crazy. Now, just last-minute memories. So I know the other elders here like meeting Elder Holland and Elder Bednar. Elder Holland, probably as 
for most people is the most pinnacle part. And one of the most key things I ever probably was, it was just neat. When you watch an apostle, like other all, he just sat there and that, we went to Aberdeen. You just, you just sit there and you're just pondering and praying and you just close his eyes and just, you know, it's just neat to watch them. And I remember that, like everyone else spit flying everywhere. And he's like, elders, uh, when you go home, I don't want to see no moppy beards, no grizzly hair, no nothing. And I'll tell you right now, one in ten of you will go less active or leave the church. And you know what? You will have to stand in the judgment bar of God and you will have to stand before you know the judgment bar of God and you will have to count to me, personally to me. And you're just yelling and spitting like that and you know, and remember him just shaking everybody's hand and just looking in the eyes like elder. You got to make sure you have a good grip. And it was just crazy. But I will say the statement is true. Um, one in ten, probably I would say half of the people and elders that had served that had served the mission probably are no longer active uh, or gone less active, which is unfortunate. But they're all good people. Um, and then Elder Benner, Elder Benner didn't like to, you know, when he walked in, he said, I don't stand up, but the person you stand up for is Christ. So sit down. So we sat down and then he just, um, did a talk and he just went through, uh, he asked a lot of questions and it was, it was really good with Elder Benner. It was his first time in Scotland and there was other others in 70 so but yeah it was crazy so that kind of wraps it up i'm sorry i probably took longer than probably i don't know if it's the longest you probably have i'm sure you can have a lot longer so good that was that was fantastic you mentioned um the mission presidents and their wives a couple stories with them anything else you remember about because you served under president fredericks and president griffiths right yes i did so president frederick as i said every meeting usually he like president frederick was was definitely about how hot is your fire that was probably the biggest thing that he would always say how hot is it and he showed the different, different types of flames and because he's in the explosive industry he loved to show everyone about moving mountains like you sit there and watch the video and all the side of the mountain just blows up and then goes into the valley and just gets that big old laugh of his <laughs> it's like literally face moves mountains so <laughs> um but yeah the crazy things happen underneath president frederick more along the assistant lines from you know, people getting baptized when the bishop said no and I guess that's under Van Leeuwen. But, you know, there's a lot of things. And I guess with Ella Bird, they had their their investigator get killed in uh, Glasgow. And I think other Lucas has something similar, if I remember right. So, yeah, so that so that part, you know, Glasgow wasn't, <laughs> wasn't probably the safest place. But, um, and with President Griffiths, um, just the little time I had with him, he was really good. 
Um, I said with that letter that he sent me, that was probably one of the biggest pinnacle moments to see something that he prom- that he felt prompted and promised to be able to baptize and you know baptizing Chris and Harry before I went home. That was probably the biggest thing. And then he gave every missionary a Book of Mormon that you know marked it with about Christ. So it's hmm. yeah. awesome. Well, anybody else you want to call out that we need to get on here? There's a whole list of them. Um, so all the missionaries that I that serve, like all my companions, obviously you need to be, get on from. Other coons, I already saw that John Coon, so that leaves, you know, Dallin Ray. I don't know if he'll do it, but Dallin Ray, um, Justin Whitehead, obviously. And um, there's um, Aaron Shiflett, Kay Lubeck. Yeah, all my companions, I probably have mentioned all of them. And then the other elders are Demer Nashton, um, Little Humphreys. He was in the Body Ferry when I was there. Um, Elder Lucia would be good, but as I guess uh, Coon, John Coon was saying that it's hard to get him. His story is very is a very interesting and touching conversion story because I guess he comes from Lithuania. Yeah, yeah, we're, that's we're trying to track him down. That's yeah. been something that that's probably going to be really hard. Been, Elder Coon and I have been going back and forth trying to figure it out. So. We'll see yeah. if we can make it happen. Yeah, it, it'll be hard. Um, and then other, uh, other Ozard, other Ozard. I don't know. I, I have. I was in contact and lost contact with other Ozard. John Demita, other Colton McQuarrie, McQuarrie, um, Jonathan Gardner, a lot of Gardners. So yeah, it's John. So Jonathan Gardner. So yeah, Bill Humphreys, Jonathan Gardner. To um, Robert Yuri, it would be good to hear from from him because all these others were really good. So I will say, just to end it, is like Scotland's the only place I probably got the most tickets, parking tickets, and it was all in Dundee. <laughs> I actually, I, I got one parking ticket, forty pounds or you know sixty pounds. Second parking ticket or second ticket. I was going down the hill. I was with the other Humphreys. Take my seatbelt because the phone was ringing in my pocket. Give the other Humphreys, put it back on. And there was police down at the bottom. It's like, pull over. And they pulled me over. It's like, you had your seatbelt off. I only had it off for two seconds. No, safety, safety seatbelt week. And they literally gave me a 60 pound fine. And I was like, no. <laughs> so that really, like, then it took me six times to pass the driver test. That's a really expensive test. So. Yeah. Oh, and other Alan, just to clear up his story, I actually popped the tire on the roundabout in air. That's where I popped the tire because he was a zone leader over in in the Paisley or Paisley lift, not not Paisley, but the Irving area. So, yeah. Hmm. Yep. So, anyway, so those are the stories, and obviously I have more, but I know there's not much time, so. That's yeah. fantastic, Andy. We really appreciate you taking the time and coming on. And we appreciate and, uh, member referrals. So definitely share this with those that you're most in contact with and 
you know, more than anything, we, we're just, we love these stories. We love the commonalities that we continue to find amongst each other. And it's been awesome. So thank you for coming. Yeah, I can definitely share. I try to get Van Leeuwen. I talked to him probably every other week. He likes to come hunting up to Alaska a lot. So I'll have to get, tell him quick excuses because he's just dodging the bullet because I know he, he's an EMS guy and firefighting and ambulance stuff, but he can make work. I know he can. So I just will light a fire on him. He's like, come on, just do it. <laughs> Everyone doing it. Come on. <laughs> so, anyway, so I'll try to get him, some other people. So that's great. Yeah. Well, thank you, Andy. We love you. Our brother yeah. in Scotland. It's fantastic. Yeah. Well, thanks. Yeah. Well, we'll say good night to you, uh, Andy. Thanks a lot. Again, we love you, and we'll talk more soon. Cheerio. All right, cheerio. Bye. Bye.